Welcome back to the Infinite Creators Podcast. For this week, I have a lady by the name of Geraldine Mullen. And it's going to be a very, very delicate conversation. Geraldine has had her world turned upside down, inside out, and rocked and rocked and rocked. When she lost her husband and two kids in an unfortunate car accident where their car slipped off the road into the foil in a stormy night. Geraldine has had to deal with the grief of losing everything and still stand strong and tall today. This is her story. If you're enjoying the podcast, please press subscribe to receive all notifications on every release. Enjoy. Geraldine Mullen, welcome to the Infinite Creators Podcast. How are you doing today? Not too bad, Ryan. Thanks very much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Um, you've been through quite a lot in the last few years. And um, I suppose been on a very challenging journey. Yeah, unfortunately, Ryan, probably one that I didn't choose and one that was forced upon me. So um, I suppose everybody that knows of my story knows that unfortunately, um, three years ago on the 20th of August, 2020, my family and I were involved in a car accident on our way home from a, a lovely family day out. And uh, they that day, my life changed in an instant because unfortunately I lost my beloved husband, John, 49, our son, Tomas, 14, and our daughter, Amelia, age six. So yes, the, the journey that I was on um, took a, a curveball and I've been on a, a different path, one, one I wish I wasn't on since the 20th of August, 2020. Yeah, I, I can only imagine, Geraldine, what that's like. I, I can't understand what that feels like, but um, I think for me to, to try and get an idea of, you know, where you were in life, I suppose, back three years, you know, a little before that accident happened, what, what was life like for you? Um, you know, looking back on it, it was a lovely, simple life, myself and John, uh, my husband, John, is a native of Moville, so he would have had the uh, the local garden centre there, Moville Garden Centre, and I'm a nurse manager in Letterkenny. I would have been working on the uh, oncology hematology day unit. Uh, we were happily married and living in the beautiful, picturesque town of Moville, not too far from here. Uh, our children, Thomas and Amelia, if you think back to 2020, it was uh, the first lockdown because of COVID, so I suppose life had changed and Ironically, John had called it the new normal, um, uh, but lockdown forced upon us in March 2020, schools and that were closed. So for the kids, they hadn't been in school, hadn't been able to see their, their classmates or their friends, but were really excited about going back because the schools were reopening in September 2020. So yeah, prior to our accident, it was a, a busy household like anything else, you know, with a six-year-old and a 14-year-old, they, they come with different after-school activities. So. Uh, as we called her, the, the boss of the house, our, our little ray of sunshine, Amelia, was everything from Gaelic football to Irish dancing to singing lessons to uh, gymnastics. And Thomas then was the opposite end. He would have done his chess, he would have done his karate, he would have done his sea scouts. So um, I had an amazing husband. I, as I said, I worked in Letterkenny Hospital, so my, my duty entailed getting up and leaving for work at seven in the morning. So it was John that did the 
school drop-offs and pickups and uh, did all the after-school stuff. So, yeah, a, a busy household with with two kids, but uh, yeah, house house full of love and and laughter and plenty of uh, plenty of activity in the house. Very good, very good. Thank you for sharing. So that evening in August the 20th, 2020, can you walk me through that day of, you know, how that day was going and yeah, as I said, you know, lockdown had, you know, been in soon, but um, the kids were very excited about going back to school. Uh, Tomás would have been going into third year in Beville Community College and Amelia was going to be going into first class in Squalone. So uh, they were both very excited about getting back to see their friends. I was in a week's annual leave from work and we'd been at home in Galway. I'm originally uh, County Galway, so we'd been at home earlier in that week to, to visit my parents and come back up on the Wednesday. And as I said, the people could probably remember that first lockdown, the weather was lovely and warm and John being a gardener, um, his business, we were allowed to do deliveries during the first lockdown. And then when he reopened because people weren't traveling because of COVID, everybody was doing their garden. So he'd an extremely busier than usual uh, summer, but he'd taken the rare vacation of a, a couple of days off. and. Our plan, ironically, uh, on that Thursday, we were supposed to do the Stairway to Heaven boardwalk in Cool Camp for Manor, but Straw Mellon had hit the previous night, so we had decided to stay closer to home. So the morning we spent going around the, the local shops in Moville, getting uniforms and uh, sort of school supplies, and Amelia had got some new furniture for a room, so we'd been to the local furniture store to, to get some accessories, and then we... All went into Derry. Um, again, Amelia being the boss, picked the the movie. I don't think uh, John and Tomás would have picked the Snow Queen, but she was the apple of her daddy's eye. And again, likewise, her big brother. So uh, the four of us went to watch the Snow Queen and then we did bowling and then we had a lovely family dinner. And we were eagerly planning what we were going to do over the next couple of days. The, the kids had been looking for a pup through lockdown and because they'd been so good, we'd agreed and they had the name of the pup. They knew exactly what they wanted, right down to the breed. And Amelia had gone online and had looked at all the accessories that she needed, being six, everything from a doggy car seat to, uh, yeah, everything needed. So, yeah, we were excited planning our few days off because, as I said, the fact that both Mammy and Daddy were off and then the kids were getting excited. John's birthday was coming up as well. He should have been turning 50 on the 7th of September and me and the kids had been plotting and planning for the months previous and we had 50 presents planned to give him on his 50th because again because of covid we couldn't do a party so that day in Derry I picked up a few sneakily presents with the kids and uh, yeah everything was going lovely but unfortunately on the way home Ryan unfortunately the perfect storm everything went against us as I said storm Ellen had hit the night previous the weather was quite bad uh, it was the highest tide in five years there was roadworks on and unfortunately we had a car accident um, just shy of Quigley's Point, uh, just a few miles prior to us getting home to Moville and uh, yeah, our car ended up going into the foil and unfortunately I'm the only one that managed to get out uh, and yeah, I, I, I lost all three of them that night. It sounds like you had a beautiful day, your last moments with them. Yeah, like looking back on it, it was it was laughter, it was fun. You know, 
you can imagine a, a busy household, you know, and John, John was all about family. Like he, he was amazing, Ryan, you know, he was, he was my best friend. He was my rock. He was my soulmate. He was, he told me first thing in the morning, he loved me and last thing at night, but family was everything to him. So he was the biggest kid. I used to joke when we were in a family day out, it was three kids out with me and, and John would be the biggest kid. So yeah, you know, the, the movie was a typical girly movie and the boys put up with it because Amelia enjoyed it but like that because of lockdown we hadn't been able to do things like that so been able to get to the cinema been able to do the bowling and you know Amelia got a strike and you know we all cheered and you know we we, we laughed and joked at the dinner of what we were going to do and you know we'd asked you know daddy what do you want this for your birthday and Amelia knew I'd got a couple of sneaky presents and you know, she was winking at him and she was like, it's okay, daddy, I'll tell you when mammy's looking. So, yeah, I've, I've beautiful memories of, of, of that day. And, you know, as I said, it was just a lovely family day out. Um, I didn't know how that day was going to end. And, you know, but but I have precious memories of that day. Um, and I can I can picture their smiles and, and hear their voices and hear their laughs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That was a moment then that your life changed. Now, we all get these moments, but, you know, to the depth of how your life changed in an instant, like when that moment hit you, what, what, what was like going through your mind? Like, how did you, everything that you'd ever known was gone? Yeah, like. I don't think I'll ever get get the words to adequately describe it. Like you know, how, how do you go from being a family of four to being a family of one in in a matter of you know? And like nobody needs to hear the details of the accident. Nobody needs to to hear the trauma and and the suffering. You know, I am I am so grateful for all the emergency services. You know, the the paramedics, the guards, she called it the coast guard, the fire brigade. You know, the the family that stopped and and you know, c- called all the emergency services, everybody that tried to, to rescue us, and then the rescue, the search and rescue effort to get the, the bodies of John Thomas and Amelia. And, you know, the, 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 unfortunately, I, I still relive that, and and I wouldn't wish it on my best enemy because, you know, the three most important people were taken from me in the cruelest of fashions. You know, Amelia was only six, Thomas was only 14, and... And John was two weeks shy of his fiftieth, so they were all taken far before their time. And and you know, I, I'll never get the answers. Why did our accident happen? You know, un- unfortunately, it did. And and for me, it's like reliving a nightmare over and over again. You know, I still turn over sometimes, expecting to see John on the pillow, and he's not there. His head isn't there beside me. I still close my eyes and expect Amelia to to run into the bedroom and give me a hug and a kiss and. And likewise, I still expect my son to, to come bounding in. He was almost six foot and, you know, throw his arms around me. And, and then I open up my eyes and realize that that's never going to happen again. So that the reality is that, yeah, it's 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 unfathomable. And as I said, the, the pain, it, it, if I was to try and describe it, I don't even think I could describe it, Ryan. It's, it's like somebody ripping through you and, and just tearing your heart right open. And, and and that's the way it has been since. In the days after, you know, I suppose when 
when people lose someone we always have our family so i know that you lost all your family who is in your your husband and your two kids how did you have a support system or like what who who was it that came and was able to to support you in that moment so that you could you know deal with this with others to help you through this moment yeah like you know i'm the second youngest of six i'm i'm originally galway and uh, John is from a family of five, so you know the the immediate family. Again, unfortunately, because of COVID, I had some family members that couldn't travel, uh, but any family members that could travel were there. Likewise, John's family were there, and it, it, it's our family and friends that that rallied around me. You know, unfortunately, I still remember everything to a T. You know, over the the coming days, you know, bringing their bodies home, the wake, the funeral, and. You know that the support again. I'm I'm humbled. I can still remember us bringing them home, and you know, for me, being able to bring the three of them home and being able to have them waked in the house for the couple of nights, and and me having my final goodbye, you know, before their funeral on the Monday, was very important to me. But it's it's the love and support of of all the neighbours, all the the community, and 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 the wider community that. You know, I've said it before, they've propped me up since since this accident happened. So, yeah, first and foremost, our immediate families and then my wider, you know, my, my friends. My I've got a, a big support network and, and, and they have rallied around me and without them, I wouldn't be here. You know, so I suppose John, Thomas and Amelia, the love and support they've given me made me the person I am. And then I suppose it's the love and support from everybody since the accident that has that has enabled me to, to keep going and and as I said was there in my hour need and you know as I said that weekend everybody you know the town came to a standstill everybody was in mourning you know I'm conscious I lost my husband my son and daughter but Amelia and Thomas lost their classmates John was a businessman in the community you know I'm conscious my parents lost their son-in-law and grandchildren my siblings lost their brother-in-law and their niece and nephew. Likewise, John's family lost their brother and their niece and nephew. So, you know, everybody loss is, is unique in their own way. So I was conscious of that as well as my own loss. So for me, sitting here looking across at you, and it's something that I said to you when we first met, is like, you know, and I'd watched the video that you'd done a talk or you'd done a speech and... Um, you know, I, I suppose I see strength, you know, but that's what I see. And that's probably just me projecting. But like, what is it that that keeps you strong? And are you strong all the time? Or what, what is it every day like for Geraldine? Oh, I've got a public face and I've got a private face, Ryan, as I said, you know, yes, you know, the public face is the one I'm, I love my job. I'm, I'm a nurse almost 30 years. So I've been back working since February 2021. I'm a cancer specialist. So for me, my patients are on their cancer journey. So for me, it gives me a sense of purpose and a sense of identity. So I have to get up and I go in and for the eight, 10 hours that I'm on duty, I can be their advocate. I can help them on their journey. You know, I'm John's, what was formerly his garden center. I've turned into uh, the Mullen Hope Center. Uh, in memory of John Thomas and Amelia and that's more like a community hub again to give back to the community because they've been so good for me so I suppose 
again, giving my attention and focus to that helps me keep going. I'm not strong all the time, Ryan. I'm, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you that I'm okay because I'm the first to admit I'm not okay, you know, and I don't think I'll ever be okay. But I suppose first and foremost to me was asking for help and then taking the help when it was offered. And as I said, be that from friends and family or, you know, I've got a, a, a great GP. I got referred for counselling and my counsellor still sees me to this day, you know, we've chatted about this before i'm a big advocate of, of mental health as well as physical health and you know there are days i struggle every day i'm i'm not going to sit here and say that three years on i'm doing okay i'm i'm getting up i'm functioning i'm going to work my heart is still broken and you know i don't know whether my heart will ever heal but you know with getting the counseling with with having friends and family there because sometimes it's it's having somebody a shoulder to cry on it's it's having somebody to chat to. Sometimes it's just having somebody to sit in silence with me, you know, and it's it's people checking up me. Sometimes I need company and sometimes I just want to be all alone. You know, the, the room can be full of people and I feel so alone because the three people I want aren't there, you know. So so for me, there, there's certain triggers. You know, I've just come through a very difficult month. You know, August was the, the third anniversary and... For me, it's all the what ifs and buts. You know, my son, half his class got their leaving cert results. They had their formal two weeks ago. It was John's birthday last Thursday and it's Amelia's birthday in three weeks. So for me, I have, you know, three of everything. I have three birthdays. I've got the anniversaries, you know, and it's it's returning to school last week. And it's lovely to see the kids with their school bags. But but I, I don't get to do that anymore. You know, I don't get to be a mother-in-law. I don't get to get see my kids grow up and and be whatever they want to be I don't get to grow old with my best friend so so for me there's a lot of sadness you know and I suppose for me navigating my journey it's it's realizing that it's a day at a time and, and sometimes it's an hour at a time and and this past six weeks it's it's moment to moment and and reaching out and asking for that help when I need it mm-hmm. so I I would imagine that like that that moment from when that happened that you know every day is a tough day but have the days been getting easier um i I don't know if they're getting easier ryan i suppose maybe for me maybe over the three years maybe i've built a bit of resilience in that like i know when it's when it's coming up to your birthday i know when it's coming up to an anniversary that you know everything is so more raw and you know, there's this cliched lines. Once you get over the first anniversary, it'll be fine. No, second year is harder. The third year is harder. And now I'm into the fourth and it's even harder again. So um, I, I don't know if it gets easier. I suppose the way I look at it, Ryan, I'll, I'll never get over what happened to us. I just will learn to live with it over time. And, you know, for me, I suppose, again, I know when we had been chatting before, you know, there's, there's certain things that I look out for one of those words is hope and you know I look for a little bit of hope each and every day you know and and on the days when I'm really struggling you know sometimes I accept today is not going to be a good day but just do the best you can and if doing the best I can is is getting up and getting dressed then tomorrow is a new day you know Mm -hmm. um but for me never to lose hope because I suppose John Thomas and Amelia they were my world and they still are they're no longer with me physically, but, you know, they're in my heart. And, you know, for me, 
I'll, I'll always, you know, look for that little bit of hope every day and, and look for a little bit of, of purpose, you know, and um, I suppose I always, I, I talk to them, you know, and I asked them, you know, what would you do? Because as I said, John would have been my sounding board. He was my best friend. So if I needed advice about anything, we discussed everything. And, you know, for, for me, I still talk to him and, you know, I can still hear them saying, John, saying, come on, pet, you know, it's it's just another day. And Tomas and Amelia say to me, come on, mommy, you know, just put one foot in front of the other and, you know, do it for us. So for me, it's it's kind of like I'm living for the four of us, Ryan, you know, and, you know, it's it's keeping their memories alive. As I said, they filled my life with so much love. And I suppose looking back on it, I've nothing but treasured memories. You know, we we weren't, I was, I was a strict mum. The kids got timeouts. You know, John and I were like every other couple. We had our arguments, but we always made up, you know. And and for me, I, I have precious memories. First and foremost, my role was I love being a mum. I love being a wife. And everything came after that. And I'm still a mum. I'm still a wife. But it's just unfortunately, they're no longer with me. They're in heaven. So, you know, I, I hold on to the treasured memories. And on, on the times when it's tough, I, I love my photographs and... You know, I have thousands of photographs and I know exactly where they all were taken because I took the majority of them. We were very lucky. We did photo shoots for the kids on their birthdays every year. So, you know, I will look back on the photos. I will look at the videos, you know, and, and, and think of the, the precious times that I had with them. <clears throat> you talk about hope, you know, looking for a little bit of hope in every day. Can you give me an insight to like what that hope looks like? For me, some days, Ryan, it's actually getting up and getting dressed and saying, okay, today is, is, is tough, you know, but it's it's just a day at a time. And it could be that, you know, you know what? So for me today, I knew I was on duty at eight o'clock this morning. I knew that I would have had patients that relied on me because I'm a, a triage nurse. So for me, that little bit of hope is that I hopefully made a bit of a difference in their lives today, you know, for some of them it's sorting out their antiemetics because they're on chemo for others it's being a listening ear so for the 10 hours I was on duty today for me that little bit of hope is that I made a bit of difference in their lives you know for, for me looking for the little bit of hope is is sometimes it's like me and you having this chat and you know if if somebody watching us is struggling because I'm conscious this is my journey and my grief is unique to me but every person has experienced some sort of stress or anxiety you know so and I would never belittle anybody else's grief you know yes my grief is unique to me um but we you know for people like me I can empathize with somebody that's lost a spouse I can empathize with a parent who's lost a child you know so for, for me if somebody watching this will says okay I, I need to ask for help then that for me is giving a little bit of hope back and Again, I mentioned the the Hope Centre, you know, the, the reason we called it the Mullen Hope, Mullen in memory of John, Thomas and Amelia, and Hope for Hope of Positive Energy. You know, John, Thomas and Amelia were so full of life. They were all taken before their time. So for me, giving a little bit of hope back to the community because it's because of the love and hope that I've got from everybody, be it their cards, their well wishes, their prayers, you know, they've all been thinking of me this past three years so for me giving back instills a little bit of hope as well that I'm doing something 
because I want to give back to everybody that has helped me. Mm-hmm. Something that you talked about before was um, Amelia told you a little story about the four corners of your heart. Yeah, so like uh, she was, she was beautiful, Ryan. She was the force we recommended. If she was here, it wouldn't be me speaking into the phone. She'd be singing or doing a TikTok into this mic. But yeah, she, again, because of COVID, I was obviously would leave for work at seven in the morning. Tomas was our on-site babysitter because schools were closed and John was working in the centre. So she found it tough that I was gone from seven in the morning and often at home till seven in the evening. And she didn't like the fact that mommy was gone so much. Um, but one day she sat me in Janet's most down and, you know, and then just said, oh, you know, mommy, there's, there's four corners in your heart. And she said, daddy's in one corner. I'm in the other corner, Tomas is in the other corner and you're in the other corner. So when you're at work and you're missing us, put your hand on your heart and know that all four of us are there. So, you know, little at the time, you know, Tomas and John said, oh, that's lovely, Amelia. And, you know, but since the 20th of August 2020, I have done as my little girl has done most mornings when I wake up and I will shed a tear and I put my hand on my heart and listen to and you know, I didn't think that something so simple but so pure and innocent that she said would resonate so much with me. And, you know, I firmly believe, yes, they're no longer with me physically, but they are in my heart. And on the days when I'm finding it very difficult to cope, you know, I say, make that heart of mine beat a little bit stronger. And, you know, it's, it's that's what I hold on to. You know, my I'd give anything that... Our accident didn't happen, but but unfortunately, I can't turn back the clock. So, uh, yeah, she was she was wise beyond her years, Ryan. Yes, yes, yes. She seems a lively soul. <laughs> she was a rascal. She was. She was <laughs> we, you know, and again, you know, I've I have beautiful memories. We used to do mummy daughter time on a Sunday morning. John and the most used to be organising stuff in the garden centre, and and she was the boss for that hour from ten to eleven. And invariably, again, it was over the shore path, you know, picking up shells, going in the water, you know, and invariably coming back to a little coffee shop in Maville, Timber and Duffy, and she'd get her hot chocolate. I'd get the peppermint tea and she'd get ice cream. And, you know, there was one Sunday morning where she went for the second scoop. And again, I would be quite strict. And I was like, no, you can't go for the second scoop. And her answer was, no, it's mummy daughter time. I'm in charge. And she was. She was a force to be reckoned with. And definitely the apple of her daddy's eye and they shared a beautiful bond with her big brother you know Tomas was amazing with her and again because the schools were closed and I don't know whether it's the nurse in me or whatever but you know I had a schedule so it was 9 to 10 10 to 11 11 to 12 12 to 1 1 to 2 and I'd written up what they were to do every hour so Tomas did her reading did her English did her Irish did her maths within two o'clock was exercise so every day at two o'clock, the two of them would walk over the shore path, but she had them wrapped around her finger. So most people would see them coming back over the shore path and he giving her a piggyback or carrying her because she'd tell him her legs were tired and <laughs> he would pick her up and carry her. So, uh, yeah, be- beautiful bond with the two of them. Yeah, be- beautiful memories. Yeah. You know, it seems like you live a lot with their spirit. Do you, do you feel them? Oh, I do, you know. Oh, for me, Ryan, like it's, it's, it's so hard to put into words, you know, you know, I, I talk to them every day, you know, I, 
I still go into their rooms and I, I sit in their bed and, you know, I, you know, I asked most, you know, what do you think mommy should do about this? And, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, will I do this? And same thing with Amelia, I'd be like, okay, mommy wants to do this. Do you think this would be nice? You know, if I'm, if I'm going somewhere, I'll, you know, she, she loved her style, you know, for six, as I said, she was a little fashionista, but I've got all her little hair clips and hair bows and you know I'm wearing one of her hair bows this evening and you know with John I, I chat to him and I look for his advice and you know there's, there's times where I, it's like I can nearly hear them you know and I'd be like okay I, I need you to help me guys you know I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here and so yeah I feel them around me and you know when I last like I look for signs be it a rainbow in the sky we used to say to Tomas and Amelia if we saw a rainbow that it was Nanny Philomena and that would have been John's mum and she'd passed away on the 19th of August you know uh, 2010 so you know our accident happened on the 20th like 10 years to the day after Philomena passed but if we had saw a rainbow in the sky we would have said to the kids that it was Nanny Philomena saying hello so if if I see a rainbow in the sky now it's I, I look at it as a sign that it's three of them white feathers I love my white feathers so if I'm walking the beach with the dogs and I come across a feather you know if I see a robin if I see a butterfly so, so yeah I, I feel them around me and you know sometimes as I said on the nights when I'm really really down you know I ask them to you know just I close my eyes and I picture the three of them giving me a hug and, and that for me gives me solace and gives me comfort Does the question ever, and I think this is questions, you know, through moments in my life, I've always, I suppose, asked myself, and it's just like, why me? You know, like, does is that something that has ever crossed your mind, or do you even feel it's possible to answer? Um, I, I, like, I'll never get the answers. Like, I, you know, I, I have gone over my head, if we'd done this, if we'd done that, if we'd, you know... But unfortunately, none of that is going to change the outcome. And, you know, sometimes if I say, why me? Then again, none of it's going to change the outcome. Unfortunately, our accident happened. I, I can't turn back the clock. And, you know, I, I just have to, as I say, over time, learn to live with it. You know, I, I struggle. And on some days, I find it harder to accept what happened happened. Um, but you know, I, I, sometimes it, it's more torment for me if I keep asking why me because, you know, I, I'm not going to get the answers. Nobody has the answers, and and nobody will have the answer. You know, you know, our accident shouldn't have happened. I shouldn't have lost the three most important people in my life. Um, but unfortunately, our tragedy happened, and 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 you know, unfortunately, I'm now on this journey that you know I didn't ask and you know I'm now on a different path you know as I said I I thought my life was I was going to grow older with my best friend and Tomas and Amelia were going to grow up and be whatever they wanted to be and now all I have of precious memories of the 14 years I had Tomas the six years that I had Amelia and my precious time with my beloved husband John you know so for me I just have treasured memories and rather than looking at why me and not having the answer and tormenting myself, I prefer to look at 
I was so lucky to have been loved. You know, John Thomas and Amelia filled my heart with love each and every day. You know, I was fortunate to have been a mum and the unconditional love you get from your child is, is so beautiful that I'm blessed that I had my children for as long as I had. And I was so lucky John came into my life and showed me what true love was, you know, so for that I'm and I will be forever grateful. So I look at it that way, Ryan, as opposed to the other way. It's beautiful. I think it's so important to to look at what we also got in life or, you know, the love that we got to experience and really love in that. And you said that the love, you know, you felt the love being poured into your heart. Do you still feel them pouring the love into your heart when you talk to them? Oh, I do. You know, like I said, first and foremost, John, Thomas and Amelia have made me the person I am. You know, I, as I said, John, he was, he, he's beautiful. You know, he's, I, I close my eyes and I can, I can see his gorgeous eyes looking back at me. And, you know, he, once I was in his arms, I felt safe, you know, and with Thomas and Amelia, I, I remember holding them for the first time and I remember holding them for the last time. And, you know, a mother's love will never end. And I suppose, you know, there's that saying, life ends, but love doesn't. And, you know, for me, it's it's the love that I got from them that enabled me to be the person I am. And, you know, I still feel their love. You know, I suppose, as I said, they're living through me now. And this isn't the life I want, right? You know, I would much rather that I was going home this evening and... I was doing homework with the kids and John and I were planning what we were going to be doing for our little girl's birthday in three weeks time. Instead, I'm, you know, going home and getting ready for work tomorrow and planning an event to, you know, remember my little girl in three weeks time. So it, it's a different life. And as I said, when, when COVID happened and John mentioned about the new normal, I suppose my new normal started on the 21st of August 2020. And I, I'm still getting used to it. I don't know if I ever will get used to it, but but yeah, their their love is is, is part of who I am, and and they're part of me, and, and they always will be. You know, I could chat about them, you know, forever and a day. And I suppose as long as I live and breathe, John Thomas and Amelia's memory will 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 stay alive. And yeah, for, for me, it's their love that, as I said, first and foremost, have made me who I am. Mm-hmm. And you've had a lot of help as well as doing a lot of work yourself with the community and and you had a sunflower field didn't you a few yeah so again john being you know a gardener and that um the lockdown 2020 uh the next village to us red castle were doing a sunflower festival um and john thought it would be good for the the kids to enter it and again our little boss being the lady that she was got her hands on more than one sunflower seed so when we got to repot and we ended up having 31 pots of sunflowers <laughs> so uh they were that was at my april beginning of april may when we planted them and as i said the kids were looking for a pup so john had said right if you can look after the sunflowers then you'd be able to look after a pup so we looked after those 31 pots over the summer and 13 pots went to the slugs but again john had a great way of teaching the kids well you know, sometimes the plants, the slugs obviously are very happy because they got those seeds. So he says, just nurture and look after the ones then that you did. And, you know, ironically, 10 days before the accident, 
I had taken photographs of Amelia and Tomasa Sunflowers and sent them in to Redcastle and little did I know that 10 days later they would be, you know, lining the cortege on their the way to the funeral. So the following year, Redcastle had kindly asked could they dedicate the Sunflower Festival to John, Tomas and Amelia and I got on board with that. So we started planting sunflowers. We started doing them in the schools. It kind of got further afield and we did them the length and breadth of the country. And then last year I, I did one different. Uh, I had a very lovely gentleman by the name of John McCarran who um, had normally his field full of barley. And again, it's quite poignant because the field is actually just um, on the shore uh, there in Quigley's Point and uh, to the left is where our accident happened. So I suppose for me, the, the field was very poignant because if you look to the left, you could see where we had our accident. So myself and John's daughter um, had been chatting and we actually planted a, a field, two and a half acres of sunflowers. And uh, again, that word hope is very pivotal to me. So we decided we'd create a maze and the maze spelled out the word hope. So we had over a quarter million sunflowers and uh, we opened it on the anniversary last year for the second anniversary because again, I suppose I'm on my journey, but everybody's got their own journey. So everybody was able to walk through the maze. And for for me, it was again, remembering John, Thomas and Amelia. Sunflowers are was Amelia's favorite flower. Um, they bring back beautiful memories of a time when we did the sunflower um, planting and looking after them all through the summer of 2020. And, and last summer, the sun shone. I had a, a army of volunteers. And again, I can't thank everybody enough. There was over 150 volunteers. Quigley's Point came to a standstill. And we had 15,500 people walk through the field over the three days, 10,000 on the on the Sunday. Um, the sun shone. Everybody that walked through got their own sunflowers. And I'm now getting pictures of sunflowers that have been planted in Betty's town. You know, people that came and walked their own journey and walked it for their own reasons. So, so yeah, I, I suppose it's doing something different. Um, you know, the sunflower again is uh, signified with the uh, the hospice, you know, for hope. Um, and it's also the national flower for Ukraine. And we've welcomed a lot of our Ukrainian visitors Um unfortunately because of their own war-torn country over the last year so they were able to come in for Ukraine Independence Day um, shortly after the anniversary and so yeah the, the field brought a, a lot of hope to people for a lot of different reasons and again it gave me a purpose I pulled out every single sunflower to create that maze and again there was a lot of tears shed you know I chatted to the most and I'm not a gardener you know I'm, I'm a nurse and John would have been very patient with me but Every one of those sunflowers stood good and tall, and uh, yeah, it was it was a, a beauty to behold, and I have lovely memories. And again, it helped me get through a very difficult time because, as I said, Ryan anniversaries for me are, are quite difficult. So doing that field of sunflowers, you know, brought together a whole community, and everybody got something back from it as well. Mm. I had a moment with your sunflowers, although I was not there. In that moment, I was. I was down the country. I was actually at a, a, a mushroom psilocybin ceremony. And, you know, when you take them mushrooms, you feel very connected to nature and your surroundings. And it was a beautiful day and I was outside. And I'd never really looked at a sunflower, but I stood looking at a sunflower for about 30 minutes. And I was watching this small bee going around every little pocket. But 
after the ceremony that evening then I picked up my phone and I got like 10 photos from my parents who had my kid and they were at the sunflower park at the place of hope and uh, here was all these sunflowers and I was just like oh that's crazy you know that these things happen but um that's a special moment for me you know so even though it wasn't there I feel like you know I was connected to it you know yeah because like I know the youngest person that was carried through the field was a little five-day-old baby the eldest person to walk through the field was a 95 year old woman you know and everybody came for their own reason we had people who had lost family members and wanted to walk through it we had people who were going through sickness we had kids that were so excited because we had cheeky sunflowers who were up partying and we were wearing sunglasses and <laughs> you know so everybody was going through it for their for their own reasons and you know for me it like I, I can't thank the, the people of Quigley's Point enough everybody from the the GA club to the McCarran family to as I call them the sunflower fairies that were there with me until 10 11 o'clock at night because we I've never planted a field of sunflowers we didn't know whether they were going to take John McCarran took a big gamble on us you know you know yourself Ryan a farmer who normally would grow barley and then to be handing over a field to two women who's going to plant a quarter million sunflowers is a very brave man you know so but they, they, every one of them took and you know as I said to, to hear the laughter to hear the music to hear people walking through and and people taking their own moment and as I said there was lots of tears shed there was lots of laughs there was lots of smiles and and for me, it was, it was something I'll remember, you know, forever. Um, but again, I wouldn't have been able to do it without the Trojan effort of everybody that was there, because you know, yes, I'm the public face that meets and greeted people, and and yeah, I was there from first thing in the morning until last thing at night, because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to thank everybody, you know, people travel the length and breadth of the country, and and yeah, you know, a year later, as I said, I'm still getting messages and it, it's lovely I'm so delighted that your little boy got to go through the field and you know for a child who's looking up and some of these plants are eight nine foot tall and you know you can get totally lost in it and you know yes the bees nobody was stung there was no injuries there wasn't a drop of rain the first rain came on the Monday morning you know so everything was in our favor for that weekend and yeah it was it was beautiful to see Mm. it sounds like you know the power of community Geraldine they have really really rallied with you and supported you so much on this journey oh they have Ryan and you know you can tell I, I don't have a Donegal accent I'm originally <laughs> Galway but I'm a I'm an adopted Galway or Donegal woman now you know like I, I can't thank the people enough and I suppose you know that's why I want to give back because everybody's put their arms around me I've you know had complete strangers that have just either sent me a card or sent me a well wish or kept the money in their prayers and you know the the initial community have rallied around me and you know anything I've asked they have just came up trumps and they have helped me whatever way they can and as I said for some people it's nodding to me as I'm walking over the shore with the dogs and on the days when I'm not able to speak they will put their arm around me and just say we're thinking of you and they'll let me on my walk and other times it's, you know, I've got a, a great camaraderie of, of women that I go sea swimming with now and I hate the water, but the sea swimming for me is 
healing itself. There's just healing in tears and I shed many of the tear in the water. And again, I try to remember our good times. But again, it's it's that army of women that have held me up at times when, you know, I, I've struggled and the wider community, as I said, they've been absolutely phenomenal because they've, they've again, there's no words to describe my loss. And, you know, I suppose if I was an objective person looking in, I wouldn't have the words. I wouldn't know what to say to me either. Uh, but yeah, they've, they've been phenomenal. And, you know, Moville is my home. That's where I'll be for the rest of my days. And, and I absolutely love it there. It's, it's where I have all my memories of, of John, Thomas and Amelia. And I stay very connected. You know, I am still visit Amelia's class. I'm in contact with Thomas's, you know, classmates. And, you know, John, as I said, was very much part of the community. And the community now have made me very much part of Moville. And, and I love it. And, you know, I, I can't thank them enough. You know, I'll, I'll still wear the maroon and white of Galway and Donegal are playing. That's the only time that the, <laughs> so the no Galway Donegal top then, no. <laughs> Oh, I have a Donegal top too. I have. I've got the two-tone. Uh, but yeah, no, Donegal is home. And, and, and for that, I'm extremely grateful. Yes, yes. This, their spirit is very alive. You know, and you're doing another event now. Yeah, so again, birthdays would have been a big thing in our house. And... I suppose for any parent that's got a child turning double digits and especially if it's a girl and again I closed my eyes Ryan and had things been different I know John would have gone all out for Amelia's 10th birthday and there would have been cake and there would have been banner and there would have been balloons and I suppose you know I didn't I did the sunflower field last year for the anniversary and then I was trying to think what could I do you know to acknowledge Amelia's 10th birthday it, she should be 10 now on the 8th of October uh, so again what started off with the conversation with some people at the Field of Hope last August uh, we came up with the idea of Amelia's Flight of Hope so I suppose the premise of it was had things been different Ryan I would have been telling my little girl to chase her dreams that anything was possible and if you put your mind to it um, and there's an amazing lady by the name of Amelia Earhart and for people that don't know 91 years ago she was the first woman to fly transatlantic and landed her plane very close to here in Ballyarn at County Derry um, and I decided this year to do something in conjunction with that so it's called Amelia's Flight of Hope and it's a four day event over the 5th, 6th, 7th and 8th of October so again I've been so lucky with the help that I've got the Nerve Centre in Derry and the Fab Lab in Spirga Sport in Carndonna. Uh, we have a curriculum and the primary schools are going to be coming in on the Thursday and the Friday. We have a replica of Amelia Earhart's plane uh, that's needed a lot of TLC. But again, I have a, an amazing couple of guys that are doing that and um, they will be able to do a simulation and see what it was like for that woman to fly transatlantic the Fab Lab are going to do glider planes with the kids so they get to do their their glider planes and rocket launching in the centre and they learn to learn a lot about the Surrey Lady Amelia Earhart, the Amelia Earhart Legacy Association are coming on board. We have a, an actress that's going to be in character. We're going to be asking the kids to come dressed up as Amelia Earhart so they'll, they'll do their worksheets in the school beforehand. It's cross-border so I'm very lucky the Mayor of Inishon, Terry Crossan and the Mayor of Derry, Terry, Patricia Logue, are kindly coming to open it on the Thursday. So the Thursday and Friday will be a, a schools event. Um, and then the Saturday and Sunday is a family fun event. 
Um, again, as I said, we've got the, the plane on site. There will be uh, plenty to do again, just focusing in on this wee lady and there'll be a tree of dreams. Again, I suppose I would have been telling my lady to chase her dreams. So for the kids and on the Thursday and Friday, they'll be able to write their wee dreams and it'll be put on the tree. And I suppose I'm a firm advocate. It's never too late to chase your dreams. So for anybody my age and a lot older, you'll still be able to write your dreams. We'll have some speakers on the Saturday and then my brothers kindly wrote a song and the uh, Gateway Singers from Bunkrana, the music has been composed for it and they're learning it and it's called Dare to Dream and it's in memory of Amelia. So that'll be played on the Sunday and if it all comes to pass, we will have a flyover where the pilots will fly from where Amelia had landed in Ballyarnett over the centre. So I suppose for me, it's giving back to the community, I suppose, letting the kids know what this amazing lady was like. And I suppose remember my little girl, 8th of October will be a very tough day for me. Um, there will be a lot of tears shed. I'll close my eyes and she will be the first one there dressed up as Amelia Hart. And she will be the first one on the plane and she will do the simulation and she will do the glider plane. And in my heart, she will do all those. But I will see her classmates. And for me, if, if kids come and enjoy it and that, so I suppose it's for me, it's it's to inspire people of any age. And, you know, there will be music, there will be food, there will be dance, there will be singing. And yeah, so it's, it'll be a, a family event. So, um, yeah, just a busy few weeks ahead getting the, the finalities. But again, I wouldn't be able to do it without the the volunteers and everything so again you know I'm I'm only able to be propped up because I've got an amazing crowd behind me and that so so yeah that that that'll keep me going and it'll get me through a tough weekend and as I said I will look up to the skies and hopefully there'll be three bright stars in the skies that night and they'll be smiling down going good on you mum good on you my Galway girl you you got through a tough day and yeah it'll be remembering her birthday in a special way very nice as, as much as you are experiencing grief and going through such a challenging time, you know, I do see a very powerful woman as, as much as the community are doing the work. They can't do that without you, you know. So, like, what you're doing is amazing. You know, you've still been able to go on and make an impact for other people despite what has happened to you, you know, and that's that's beautiful, journey. It's amazing. Oh. Thanks for I'm I'm not good at taking compliments, but thank mm. you very much. Yeah, like you know, I, I've said it to you before, Ryan, you know, we've spoken that, you know, I know I'm not okay, you know, I know I've I'm able to stand here and talk to you or sit here, you know, and talk to you because I've asked for help. I've taken the help that's being offered to me. Um, you know, and I suppose f for me, you know, it's it's a day at a time and you know, again hope is what I look for every day the love that John Thomas and Amelia and the love I've got from everybody since the accident has surrounded me and, and propped me up and kept me going and I suppose it's my faith as well you know I suppose you know I, I am heartbroken Ryan I'm, I'm not going to lie and you know for me I'm I'm a shadow of the person I was it's this is the new me I, I don't like the new me it's it's a new me that was forced upon me um and I, I suppose I want to keep going for John Thomas and Amelia as, as hard enough as that sounds, you know, I suppose I, I need to find out, you know, what, what Geraldine Mullen is now, you know, and, and for me that's scary because 
Geraldine Mullen was first and foremost John's wife and Tomas and Amelia's mammy. And, and it's like losing your right arm. You know, I can't function properly. You know, I go to make a dinner, but it's making a dinner for one and I hate it. I go to do the shopping list and I don't have the groceries that I want to put on it because I'm shopping for one. And it, it's all the things I should be doing as a family. I now have to do for, for me and, and, and for me, that's hard. So, you know, but for me, I, I have to keep going because, you know, I can't get them back and, and, and that's the hardest part and more time without them that the harder it gets, you know. So as I said, you know, for me, you know, I, I have my faith. It's part of who I am and, you know, I firmly believe I, I will get to see them again one day and, and that's the day I will be truly happy, you know. That's the day my sadness will end and my heart will heal and in the meantime, yes, life is for living I, I learned in the cruelest of fashion that your life can change in an instant. And, you know, I suppose from from us talking, if, if people realize how precious life is, because, you know, for me, I, I you know, John and I had, a, had a, a beautiful life. Like every couple, you know, we had our ups and downs. We had our tough times. But first and foremost, we had love, you know, and then the love we had for our kids made me the, you know, the happiest I was. Um and it's those happy memories that, that I hold on to dearly, you know, and, and I suppose for me it's it, it's living for the four of us and it's 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 trying to do things that that they'd want me to do and you know, they they'd want me to keep going and, and they'd want me to say, It's okay, mommy, you know, it's okay to be sad and it's okay to cry, you know. I have cried a thousand tears and I will cry a thousand more and, and for me this healing and tears, you know, and you know, on, on the days when when I'm I'm missing them and I, I can't get the words out, I let the tears come. And on those days, I accept that that's what needs to be done. So, you know, I suppose for me, it's 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 moment to moment and some moments are good. And, you know, I, I, at, in the early days, Ryan, I found it very hard to smile and I found it very hard to laugh and I felt guilty because how could I laugh when my heart was broken? But then what I've learned over the three years is that John and Tomas and Amelia would want me to laugh and they'd want me to smile and they'd want me to go out with my friends and, and you know, for that moment where, you know, I, I, the grief is never going to leave me. It, it's part of who I am. The heartache is never going to go. But for a moment, if, like, you know, music was a big part in our house. My John loved the guitar he played. Amelia thought she was the best TikTok queen and at six she ruled it and... Tomas had a beautiful voice, but 14 was so shy he wouldn't sing in front of his mum. But I loved when he had his AirPods in and I could hear him belting out Ed Sheeran and that. So, so music for me is, is beautiful. So, you know, I made a conscious decision this year to go to a few concerts because that's what John and the kids would want me to do. So I, I pushed myself and sometimes people probably think I push myself a bit too much. But, you know, by going to the concerts, it's the four of us are there. I close my eyes and John and the kids are there and they're dancing with me and, and they're smiling. And, you know, for me, it's it's living, but it's it's a new way of living. So, um, yeah, so I, I'll I'll take the glimpses and, and I will smile and I will dance and I will sing. But I'll still, you know, be Geraldine with the broken heart and, and the sadness. And, and that's fine. I can I've learned to live that I can be sad and I can be happy. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you talk about faith, you know, can you give me a little bit about what, you know, what your faith is and what works yeah, for you? You know, I, I, I've said it to you, like, I'm not a holy Joe and that sounds cliched, but like faith is part of who I am. You know, I suppose John and I try to instill in the kids, you know, that the morals of faith, we, you know, we, we went to mass every Saturday. We sat in the same pew at mass. Tomas, you know, served his time as an altar boy and, when he moved on to secondary school, he sat in the seat beside us. As you can imagine, a little girl didn't want to sit still in a seat. So more often than not, she'd be chatting and she'd be back and forth in the seat. But, you know, yet, yeah, you know, church was part of who we were. And, you know, I've relied heavily on my faith since since the accident happened. Um, I, I don't have the answers. Um, I'm not angry, you know, because I can't turn back the clock. I'm. I'm sad and it's the it's the what ifs and buts. But, you know, I I firmly believe that, you know, heaven gained three angels on, on the twentieth of August twenty twenty and as much as it breaks my heart to say that, you know, you know, in in my eyes, John was you know, he's tinned in the garden up in heaven. He was an amazing gardener, so you know, I'd like to think that the garden of heaven is being tended by John and and Thomas and Amelia in their angel wings and you know they're looking after me down here. John is doing in heaven what he did on earth and he's minding the two kids for me, and the two kids are minding their dad for me and you know the three of them are looking after me and you know for for me, you know I I go to their grave I you know like sitting at their resting spot I like chatting to them and you know the. We used to say to the kids, Ryan, we loved them to the sun, moon and stars. So, you know, when when I was picking their headstone, I went with the, it's it's called a galaxy headstone because it is the sun, moon and stars. Um, you know, so for me, when I sit out there, I talk to them, you know, and I, I suppose for me, the hard part is is life now without them. And again, I, I firmly believe, you know, when it's when I take my last breath, that that's when I get to be reunited with them again. So, uh, yeah, faith faith is faith is important to me, and you know, but I would never, you know, everybody's got their own faith. Everybody's, you know, my God is different to somebody else's God, but everybody's got faith in their own way, and, and sometimes it can be more spiritual as opposed to faith. So, as I said, it, it's part of who I am, uh, and I'm I'm glad I have my faith because I can rely on it and. You know, it brings me solace and comfort that, as I said, I've I've got a resting place with them. I, you know, I'm able to visit and and tell them about my day. And if I've had a bad day, I'll say, well, tomorrow's a new day, and you know, they're there for me in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's so much, you know, I suppose to learn from what you've, what you're going through, and if you were to give me like maybe three pointers to s- that if someone else is going through grief like what what would them three things be to to make this first step to at least starting to take care of what you're go- how you're feeling and what you're going through um i suppose the first thing is you know don't be too hard on yourself i suppose you know people have a lot of expectations so i suppose you know a lot of people expect once the first anniversary is over that you should be getting on with things and you should be doing that. You know, d- don't put a time limit on anything. Like, I'm into my fourth year and I would say I'm struggling more now than what I was 
you know, in a different way, um, you know, and what I've learned, you know, is, you know, just just take it a day at a time. Sometimes it's hour by hour, sometimes it's minute by minute and sometimes it's it's moment to moment, you know. Um, so and the I suppose acknowledging then that, you know, self-care is so important because, you know, as I said, I've got a public face and I've got a private face, but I'll be the first to put my hand up and say I'm not OK and I'm struggling and asking for the help or taking the help, you know, um, if somebody's in their early stages of grief, there, there's no there's no handbook, you know, I can't give you a handbook and say this is how you're supposed to feel two months, six months, a year, two years, five years. Anybody that says there's a handbook, they haven't, you know, everybody's grief is unique to them. Um, I would never, you know, belittle somebody's grief. As I said, my grief journey is unique to me. You know, what I would say is, you know, to, to ask for the help. You know, it's sometimes people think, oh, you know, I don't want to burden my family. I don't want them to think. And everybody's worrying about, you know, so if 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 you've lost someone, you know, it's it's OK to, to have those feelings of all those mixed emotions. But to but to ask for help and just say, look, and, you know, if if you have somebody that you're concerned about who's lost somebody, just be there for them. Sometimes they're not able to speak. I know in the early days, there were days where I just didn't want to speak to anybody. Uh, and it wasn't that I was pushing people away, but I know their text came in. So, you know, if you have a family member that you're concerned about that's in the early stages of grief, you know, just let them know that you're there and, you know, they'll come to you when they're ready and just let them know that you're there for them. Um, so, yeah, I suppose, you know, not being too hard on yourself, realizing that self-care is, is so important and and looking after yourself, be that physically, be that mentally, you know, asking for help when needed. Um, and, you know, you know, it's it's OK to to go through different phases and not be too hard on yourself, because I suppose everybody deals with things in different ways. For some people, they want to keep busy for other people. They don't want to get up and, you know, there, there's there is no rule book there is no guidebook and you know i would just say you know take it step by step um i'm still learning and you know if you were to ask me this question a year from now ryan my answer could be different again you know i suppose you know over the three years in some ways i think i'm doing better in other ways i think i'm doing worse so you know for me sometimes it's like taking two steps forwards and ten steps back and that will happen and you know for a while you'll think you're doing okay and something will hit you out of the blue i know what happened to me it would have been a couple of months afterwards where i end up in the middle of a it was duns i actually went in to buy i had to get some stationery but i found myself in the middle of the children's aisle sobbing crying kneeling on the ground and frozen and everybody looking at me and because it dawned on me i was never going to be able to buy my daughter clothes again you know and somebody that worked there actually recognized me and she was like Geraldine my brother was out in the car he didn't know where I was I couldn't speak you know and I was frozen but just engulfed in tears but somebody knew me and said Geraldine it's okay what do you need and they finally realized okay we'll get what you need and we'll get you out and they got you know so there, there will be triggers you know so as I say sometimes that 10 steps back can throw you for one and as I said, if, if, if there is 
a day that's bad, just remember tomorrow is a new day, you know. So I suppose, yeah, I'm trying to think if there was three things. Yeah, there's, self-care. There's plenty of things there's there. There's plenty of things there. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. I, I tend to go off, though. Apologies. Yeah, there. Yeah. Um, I had Danny Quigley on a few weeks ago, a friend of yours, and you know, we were talking about suicide awareness and stuff. But one of the things he said is, is to really celebrate the lives, you know, of the people that we lose. And, you know, that's something that I feel that you're doing and it's keeping their spirit alive. And, you know, it's not something I've, I suppose, I haven't experienced grief in the way that maybe you have or um, Danny has, but like how important has that been for you celebrating, you know, their spirit, their birthdays, their anniversaries? Yeah, like I suppose for me, you know, the way I look at it, you know, Amelia was six, Tomas was 14 and, and John was 49. And, you know, in Amelia's short six years, she filled my life with so much love and pride. Likewise, Tomas, he was an amazing young man, wise beyond his years and, and growing up into being this amazing young man. And and John was just in the prime. He had worked hard all his life and, you know, it. he should have been getting to the stage where we would have been planning to get the kids for for college and in 10 15 years we go off and do our traveling and that so you know for me you know john was two weeks shy of his 50th he i i know my husband loves space travel he loved nasa he was that was the only present he did get to see ryan so one of the 50 presents was i contacted nasa uh early late 2019 early 2020 wrote this big long letter about how amazing a daddy was amazing a husband was and three packages arrived from nasa in march 2020 and john just sent a message going i don't know what you've done but i am not waiting till you come home there is a letter with my name on it so that's at least he got to see one of his 50 presents but they had sent him a beautiful memorabilia pack and likewise a pack for Tomas and a pack for amelia i got none i wrote the letter but i wasn't looking for anything i was just delighted he got to see it so for me yeah i suppose you know they were so full of life, but they were all taken before their prime. So for me, when when I do things, I, I suppose I do it for the four of us now. So, you know, when when I did Amelia's glad rags to celebrate her eighth birthday, it was a fashion show because my little girl, you know, it's it's remembering her memory. For Tomas's 16th, I did a fundraiser, um, you know, for his 18th, we're going to be doing a charity 5K for Amelia's 10th, we'll do Amelia's Flight for Hope. So, you know, I did the Sunflower Field. I suppose it's it's remembering them, but remembering them in a, in a positive way. You know, they, they filled our lives. You know, first and foremost, they filled my life with so much love. But, you know, for all their friends, for our extended families, for the community and everything, you know, they, they lost three beautiful people. And I suppose, you know, remember them in a positive way keeps their memory alive like there is that saying you know you die twice you die when you die and you die when somebody stops speaking about you so John and Tomas and Amelia will forever live on as long as I live and breathe and you know I I love talking about them I love remembering them and and I suppose yes it's bittersweet because I would love to be celebrating my little girl's birthday with my little girl and my husband and my son and unfortunately that's not possible so in a couple of weeks' time, I will celebrate with her classmates and Tomas's friends will be there and John's friends and our families will be there and, and we'll remember them. And, you know, we will all 
smile up to heaven and say yes the three of them would be enjoying so as as Danny so eloquently said it's it's a celebration of life and you know it doesn't take away the heartache and it doesn't take away the pain and it doesn't take away the grief but you know for the short time that I did have them we did so much and I want to remember them and you know I can I close my eyes and I can see her beautiful smile and her cheeky grin I see it's the most handsome face and I see my beautiful husband in front of me and for that I want to remember them and I want to honor them so I suppose yeah if if I can if I can do things that'll give back to the community and and help charity then that's what I'll do because it'll be remembering them in a, in a good way yes 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 <laughs> it's also it, it reminds me of like and it's something that I always say is like you never know what's around the corner you never know when your last moment is with someone and I think we sometimes we take that for granted you know we might walk out the door without saying a proper goodbye without saying I love you sometimes we don't even some people don't even say I love you like but it's something that I've really taken on taken on board this last few years and I you know I try to integrate it as much as I can to the people around me that I love the most and because you never know Geraldine and you know that's like you know for me I found out in the cruelest of fashions and but I suppose, you know, Ryan, I was so fortunate. I was, I, I was, you know, our house was a, a lovely, simple house, but one full of love. So, you know, I was surrounded by love and I know not everybody's fortunate enough to, to have that. But for me, yes, it's, it's to make people realize to cherish every moment because I didn't realize the 20th of August was going to be the last day I spent with my family. It was a beautiful family day out and I have beautiful memories from that day. Um, so for me to make people realize to tell the ones you only love them to hug and kiss your children tight you know because I would give anything for one more hug with Tomas and Amelia and John but I, I don't get to do that and you know it's it's that phrase as well you know you don't realize what you've got until it's gone and I was so lucky you know that I had three most important people in my life who showed me love each and every day with every breath they took and I, I cherish the memories, but all I have are memories. So for people that are, are here and are listening to us, you know, tell the person you love, you love them, you know, and, you know, show it, you know, give them a hug, give them a kiss and, and, and appreciate life. Because as you say, you know, none of us know what's around the corner. And, you know, had somebody told me what was going to happen, was going to happen, you know, I, I didn't know what was going to happen to us on, on our journey home that night. And, you know, f- for me, it's it's making people realize, you know, to to appreciate life and and to and to cherish those moments because they are so important. Um, and 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 for me, yes, it's it's, you know, to 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 tell the people you love, you love them. Mm-hmm. When you are reunited with them, again, what if you if it was like Earth and you had one day, what would that day look like? Oh, first and foremost, it'll be, it'll be the biggest, squeeziest hug and a million kisses, you know. And I would hold on to them, Ryan, and I wouldn't let them go, you know. And I would, I would just love to hear their voice. All I want is, you know, for my little girl to tell hear to hear those words again, "Mommy, I love you," and likewise to most to say, "Mum, you know I love you," and and to hear John to to hear their voices and to to feel their touch and, and their kiss 
that's all, you know, I would just, I would feel safe in their arms again, you know, because we used to do, you know, silly things like, you know, the kids would jump in on top of us in the in the bed in the morning, you know, Tomas was 14, he was, I'm five foot nothing, right, you know, Tomas was nearly six foot, and Amelia was, the joke was that she would be taller by mummy after she was eight, because, you know, she was catching up with me, and, but the four of us would get in, and we would just squeeze the living daylights out of each other, and yeah, if, if I had, if I could get them back for one moment, it would be, it would just to be in their arms and just to hold them and kiss them and and just to hear their voices and and not let go. And in my dreams, I do that. You know, there's there's nights where there's no console in me, and in you know, I close my eyes and you know, I'd be like, John is to the right, Amelia's lying on top of me, and and Tomas is to the left, and all four of us are there. You know, and then I put my hand in my heart and. I listened to what my little girl told me and, you know, I was like, make my heart beat. I, I don't want it to beat, you know, and they, they make my heart beat for me. So, so yeah, in, in my dreams, I do that, Ryan. And if dreams could come through, that's exactly what I would do. Not let go. Geraldine, that will come. That, will, that day will come again. And, and I you'll be reunited. It will, it will. Geraldine... It's been a pleasure having this conversation with you. You are a beam of light and hope. You're a beautiful soul. Thank you very much, Ryan, for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm sure there's many people out there, you know, who are experiencing grief and will take something from this and integrate it into their own lives. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ryan. That was both a really difficult conversation for me, but also very beautiful. Um, I'm very grateful for Geraldine coming on to to share what she's gone through, what she's still going through, and you know how she's learning to live every day. Um, she is a beam of light and hope. So I want to thank you for listening to The Infinite Creators, and I ask you to remember that you are the infinite creator. <laughs>